Hello and welcome to the Footy on the Med podcast. Join Alex Wade and John O'Hare as they explore football clubs and football culture along the Mediterranean coast. Thank you, voiceover guy. This week's episode is a bit of a strange one. We travel just down the road to Monaco for their Europa League clash against Spanish side Real Sociedad, and it had all the ingredients needed for a great recording. However, security ordered that our main equipment be locked away in storage. Our secret backup equipment ran out of power, and our backup backup method sounded like we were recording under the med rather than next to it. Not all was lost, however. We travelled with our good friends Dume, a Frenchman, and Luciano, an Italian. I managed to grab some decent audio here and there, and even got a carbonara recipe out of Luciano. Then we bumped into some English lads on a whistle-stop European footy tour. All that and more on this week's episode of Footy on the Med. Here we are, Footy at the Med is at the Ship and Castle pub in Monaco. We're with Luciano, uh, a famous cook. Hi listeners, good evening, how are you? Now we're also with Dume. Uh, you may have heard Luciano is Italian, but Dume is French and here he is. Bonjour, or bonsoir plutôt. <laughs> and also, of course, we've got John O'Hare. What we now need in this bar before we trek to the stadium, which is about 10 minutes away, is predictions for the match result. John, what's the score going to be between Monaco at home to Real Sociedad? Real Sociedad 2, Monaco 1. Monaco fan, do you mate? Your prediction? I think Monaco 1 and Real Sociedad 1. Luciano, what's the score going to be? So I hope there's going to be a lot of goals, but uh, I'm afraid that it's going to be a draw, like a 1-1 or a 0-0. So I, I think it's going to be a draw. OK, well, I think myself it's going to be 2-1 to Real. Time for the first half. Welcome to Footy on the Med. Coming to you today, uh, it's Monaco versus Real Sociedad. This is a Europa League clash. It's the fifth game of six in Group B. Monaco top the table on eight points with Real Sociedad on six. Um, both sides should go through, you would think. But PSV on five points could still upset one of these teams and go through. But anyway, here we are. Monaco playing in, in red and white, uh, as is their normal colours. Um, Real Sociedad in Blue and white stripes, um, Monaco playing from left to right as we watch. Uh, we're quite near the Real Sociedad fans in the away end. There's probably about solid 500, maybe even 800 of them. And there's a few of them in front of us as well. So we're down in the away end essentially tonight at the Louis Stade, the second stadium here in Monaco. Well, we're here. We're live. We've come in with the uh, backup recording equipment. Now, to all of our younger listeners out there, when you've got a plan, always have a plan B. We got our massive equipment taken off us, put into storage. But little did they know, we also had our little portable system, didn't we, Alex? We did, John. And um, I, I would like to record that you were quite proud of me, aren't you? I- I, I was going to bring it up. I didn't want you to bring it up, but yes. No, I need a compliment, mate. Oh, I mean, you need it. I'm shaking. You're I feel shaking like, with the you know, the, I've been so, cross-examined. I've been under investigation. I've been under suspicion. So I've been here's very how, nervous. Here's how it went down. 
I had in my backpack all of the stuff. So I had the big mics, the recording equipment, the whole thing. But sneakily tucked away inside a hidden compartment, I had the mobile mics that you can plug into the system we have now. And so Alex said to me, John, give me the mobile mics. I looked at him to see if he was really up to the task. He looked steely-eyed, fortified, thought, okay. So I gave him the mics. And as we walked back to go through the security again, he said, I can't hide it, John. I can't hide it. I said, just carry it with pride, Alex. The French fella said something to him. I did carry it with pride, though. Let's be fair. Alex said something back to the French fella. Words were exchanged. The guy gave a typical Gallic shrug, looked at Alex in the eye and said, enjoy the game. And even though I'm just only a few years younger than Alex, I looked at him with a pride, a pride only a scouser can give to a fellow human as he went through the security gate with, quite honestly, some recording equipment going into a game that prohibits recording. Yeah, they really didn't want us to bring in. So, um, I mean, are you basically saying, John, well done me? Uh, Yeah, excellent. I mean, Alex, you're a superstar. Now, what they didn't know, we actually have a third option. We can plug a small Lavalier bike into a phone, but we didn't have to go there because you were a superstar. Now, should we get to the football? Yeah, so here we are watching Monaco uh, at home to Real Sociedad in a Europa League clash. I am assuming Real Sociedad are in the blue and white. You assume completely correctly. And Monaco are in the red and white. As befits their nickname. The red and whites. We're back to the literal nicknames of football teams here in France and Monaco. Yeah, we need to... Um, I, I'd like to see some more flair with the um, nicknames, wouldn't you? Going back to our Genoa-Fiorentina game, for example. Fiorentina known as La Viola. That's Correct. a good name, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, Exeter City, my second team back in the UK, known as the Grecians. I don't think they'll ever be topped because no one at all knows why they're called the Grecians. But I'm not really speaking from a position of power, though, with the mighty Reds of Liverpool being known as the Reds. No, that's a fairly uh, literal encapsulation. And of also what they are, shared isn't it? by a thousand clubs around the world. Oh, great shot Ooh, coming in there. Yeah. Bounce through. Is it going to be a corner referee? It is indeed. We'll have to engage with this game in a minute uh, as we recover from the setback of not getting our equipment in. Um, it appears to be a corner to Monaco. Well, we didn't get the A team equipment in, but we got B team in. Well, at the moment, the trouble is we're hunched over these little mics in a way that if I were a police officer on the lookout for suspicious behaviour I might think hmm those two over there but they probably look at you and see that you're a swarthy Mediterranean looking fella and think no he's alright it's me they're worried about well that's true in most places we go isn't it yep yep right well let's talk a little bit about the game you probably don't know some of these things Alex okay no you you know all of it so I'll tell you some of mine and you can tell me some of yours okay so it's a Europa League clash. Yeah, I'm, I, do, I do know that. This is the fifth game out of six. Yep. Uh, yes, that's true. In this group, there's also PSV Eindhoven yep. from the Dutch League. Yeah. There's also SK Strom Graz yep. from Austria. Yeah. And in order, Monaco at top. Then we have Real Sociedad. Yeah. Then PSV, then SK. That's true. Now, all of that is factually accurate. You uh, have probably done all the permutations, but 
If Monaco win tonight, are they generally assured of going through? Is it? Can anyone be certain of, of progressing or what? I think they must be. If Monaco win tonight, surely um, takes them to 11 points with one game to play with uh, their nearest competitor, this lot, on um, uh, six points. Couldn't get near them. Yeah, see, and you say that mathematics isn't your strong point, but look at you. Hang on, look at this, look at this. Oh, good effort there. The 11, number 11 for uh, Real Sociedad. Nice curling left foot shot blocked. Um, when I was setting up Mike Set B, um, did you talk about where everyone was in the league positions and things like that? Uh, no, I didn't. So you can uh, please tell our listeners. So Monaco are currently eighth in the league. Okay. And Real Sociedad. Now, I'm going to either say Sociedad or Sociedad throughout the podcast. I did look it up. I thought that the D at the end of a, lo- a word in Spanish was like a, a hard TH sound. Oh, right. Like Madrid. It's well, not Madrid, it's Madrid. Well, producer Fred is the person who we need ah. to ask this of. But, well, but where what is he? Did, what conclusion did you... He's well, in, so I, I went, on, so I went online and I did one of those things, that, how do you pronounce? And it said, it said actually in a very uh, American accent, it said... Real Sociedad. And I thought, well, that's that's not going to work. So I think maybe it is Real Sociedad. But anyway... We'll take that. We'll take that. They are second in La Liga, just a point behind Real Madrid. However, Real Madrid have a game in hand. It's nice a bit- attack, nice attack. Oh! Caught hold of that all right, didn't he? he? caught that. <laughs> But, uh, um, the number 11 again for um, Real Sociedad. Just smacked it. Must have hit that at about 155 miles an hour, but um, probably harder not on target. than anyone. And I think that is Adnan Januajaj, your your tip for the day of um, who he was going to be the, the main guy? You're absolutely right. Of course it is. The um, 26-year-old former United player. How long did he play for Manchester United? Three years. Was he any good? Um, I don't know whether the United lads uh, faithful properly took to him but um, we're talking about Adnan Janazai I think is how you pronounce his name uh, he's looking lively he's had one left foot shot from uh, well two left foot shots from oh, oh my god uh, mon ami qu'est-ce qui se passe Golovin passe for I think Kevin Voland yeah I don't I don't uh, see if he strike or if he tackled uh, the ball, but the ball is inside. There we go. Our friend Dume, he's a Monaco fan, born and bred in the area. When I say the area, that means within three, three miles of here. That's how big Monaco is. Anyway, out of, um, as we were uh, watching, uh, or not watching the game, Monaco scored and took the lead, 1-0. We uh, should state we, through the uh, machinations of getting into the stadium, we had to quickly determine who was doing what. And you are Monaco this evening, and I am Real Sociedad. Yeah, well, um, I'm on the winning team at the moment. Speaking of Real Sociedad, do you know what their nickname is? Are they the Blue and Whites? Well, that is a nickname, but they are known more broadly as La Real. And I think it's probably a nod to say, we're not Real Madrid, we're not Real Betis, we're, we're Real Sociedad. Oh, another had a great good shot effort there. by Monaco there. Great save from the uh, Real keeper. They're under the gun a little bit here. Monaco are really taking it to them. And oh, oh, off the line. 
another very good at Monaco attack. That's a foul by the Monaco 22. Dumo. Yes. Was that a foul? Uh, Fofana is stupid because he, 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 uh, he, he shot about uh, the, the referee yeah. for, for end and just after he make a fault uh, because he but, was uh, angry. Yeah, 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 I agree. It was, so it was a foul by Fofana. But he's a good player for Monaco, isn't he, Fofana? Yes, but uh, tonight there is no Tromini. Tromini is the best. Ah, he's not playing? No. Maybe he's uh, injured or... Okay. Uh, okay. Suspendu. Suspendu, oui, oui. Okay. But we have our two strikers, Folland and Ben Yedder. And we used to call them Volander. Volander. Volander, like Voland plus Ben Yedder, it makes Volander. Okay, okay. Corner now, corner to um, Real. Cleared by Monaco. So one interesting thing about Monaco is their, uh, their motto, which is rise, risk, repeat. And it's in English. You see it written around uh, the ground in English, not in French, not in Italian. But luckily, I'm sat next to Italian, to an Italian person, Luciano. He's now going to say what rise, risk, repeat is in Italian. Yeah, that would be alzati, rischia, ripeti. Fantastic. Monaco Marketing Department, take note of that. Now, Dume, our resident French speaker, what is it in actual French? Elève-toi, risque, prends des risques et répète. D'accord, merci, mon ami. Mes amis. Luciano, um, you're an architect. Yes. You're Italian. Yeah. And you're a famous chef. <laughs> But um, thank you for the. Is this game living up to its expectations so far? Who's going to win? Well, so I'm uh, actually impressed by Monaco. I didn't expect such a, such a good rhythm from the Monaco players. Hang on, hang on, look at this, look at this, look at this, must be a goal! There it is! I thought so, I thought so. There you go. The commentator's curse as Luciano <laughs> praises Monaco's ability on the pitch. Um, it's an easy goal, really. Well taken goal by Real. It's now Monaco 1, Real Sociedad 1. Another comment from you, Luciano. So if you want your team to score a goal, just ask me right before. Okay, we'll be coming back to you soon. <laughs> well, we just watched a very calm and assured finish from Alexander Isaac as he just chipped the ball over the keeper. Great through ball, ran onto his right foot and he dinked it over. Absolutely perfect finish. Alex. Yeah, lovely, lovely finish. Nicely played in. Very good equaliser by Real. And this lad, Alexander Isaac, has been touted as the new Zlatan, is how they refer to him. Do they really? Hang on, it's another goal! Monaco has scored a header! This game is kicking off, it's amazing! So in the, um, what, the 36th minute, roughly, something like that, Monaco take the lead again. I, I want to revise Headed my goal, score. 37th minute. Fofana is not so stupid, he just scored. Was it Fofana? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure it's Fofana. You see? Uh, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. I want to revise my prediction. I want to go 7-6. I think 8-5. As I was saying, Alex, before I was rudely interrupted by that goal. I know, they, they, these football players, they have a habit. Of If it's not voiceover guy, it's actual players in, running in. Oh, my goodness. 
I love your um, equanimity then, John. That was impressive. Um, we, uh, let's just replay that. Okay. Matt, I'll describe what just happened. You started to make a, a perfectly valid point about the game and all that. Yeah. Um, and then a heavily armed police officer walked within touching distance of both of us yeah. as we're talking to the mics. I yeah. cowardly went to hide mine. Yeah. Put it down. You just carried on. Well, I was going to ask him for an interview. <laughs> Tell you what, that is an absolutely brilliant tactic. Let's if do that. He just said, um, "What are you doing?" I said, "Thank God you've turned up. We've been waiting hours." And would you? What line of questioning would you put to him? I'd say, um, "Is it illegal for us to come to the game here today with recording equipment and not ask you your opinion opinion on the game?" Okay, that's one line of questioning. Because another one could be, of course, because we read often about this, about the um, institutional racism in the French police force. Oh, yeah, that would really um, put him into... Do you think uh, if we were to ask him about that? Yeah. Say, um, not to put you on the back foot or anything, officer, but A, do you speak English? A little bit. Are you and your colleagues institutionally racist? Because we we just wonder. We just wonder. That's what we're here for. Is it okay if we keep recording? I think that would... It'd be an icebreaker, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Or a nosebreaker. One of the two. Anyway... So, we've noticed yeah. that there hasn't been too much travel in the French League. But here we are, Real Sociedad, my team, have come out. They've got a, a good support there for an away game on a week. They have. What yeah, is it? Have. Thursday? Thursday night. And Thursday for those night. of you who don't know your geography, like Alex next to me here. Hang on, I know my geography. All right. Where are they from? Where is Real Sociedad? They're, they're from the Basque country. Sorry, did you whisper that? <laughs> they're from they're from the Basque country in the Spain. Basque country, yeah. Uh, what's the, what's San Sebastian, I believe. Oh yeah, San Sebastian, very good. Yeah. And who would be their major rivals? That's a very good question. Um, uh, uh, Bilbao. Atletico Bilbao, correct. Yeah. But the whole area is quite nice, and you can look out onto the Bay of Biscay. And honestly, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe that just happened. But I'm just going to gloss over it. No, you're you're unflinching. The police officer almost fell into my lap with his full riot gear on. (laughs) I almost had to pick him up. Oh, my God. But I didn't stop talking, though. No, you're... I kept my notebook. I almost poked him in the eye with my notebook. You are demonstrating (laughs) some serious um, uh, equanimity here. Hang on, hang on. Here we go again. Wow, that was great play. (gasps) <gasps> oh, he's standing offside, though. Shouldn't have played that ball, but it didn't get to him anyway. That was our number 11, Januzaj uh, or Januzaj. Um, both of, uh, we've both forgotten how to pronounce his name. Name a World Cup winner who's played for Real Sociedad. Now, it's probably many, but one uh, that's re- a recent World Cup winner. A recent World Cup winner. Played for... Um, oh, here, oh, we, here go. we go again. Number 11. All on his own. Oh, ball's coming towards us. Alex, catch it. Oh, did all the hard work. Oh, now, who just, is this um, French World Cup winner who played for Real? Then? I just said, keep, keep it, keep it behind us. We've got the English contingent behind us. Have That's half time. And right, as right. half time blows, I can tell you it was Antoine Griezmann. Oh yeah, good who player. was born near Macon, which you've driven through probably a few times if you come down to the Riviera from Calais. You usually drive through Macon; it's a good wine region. And yeah, uh, he got his start at Real Sociedad. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't know that. So you're, you're blinding me with knowledge and research this week. Yeah. So it's half time. It's Monaco two, uh, Real Sociedad one. 
uh, and we have a new feature this, uh, for this game. It's courtesy of our friend Luciano, who is now going to um, give a recipe to John. Ciao, Luciano. Come va? Ciao, John. How are you? Bene. Good. Bene, bene, bene. Today, we're going to make spaghetti carbonara. I may as well get the water. I'm going to put the water in a big okay. pot, bigger pot than I need, plenty of water, salt okay. it heavily, boil it. I'm going to get, in Italy, they use guanciale. Exactly. Which is pig's cheek, it's I believe. Pig, pig's cheek, exactly. Yeah, yes. okay. But I'm not, I'm not going to use guanciale because I can't get it in, say... Telford or yeah, in England. No, so I'm going to yeah. use um, any, any, pancetta. Yeah, that's any kind of pig's fat, basically. Pig fat. You can, you can find it everywhere. So I'm now cooking my guanciale or, or substitute in a pan. Uh-huh. Don't need to put any oil or anything in. It's fat enough, right? It's exactly, just, yeah. I'll need some eggs. Okay. So I'm going to get some eggs. Now, I'm probably going to get, I'm going to have four people for dinner. So I'm going to use a full packet of pasta, 500 grams. That's yeah? enough. That's enough. I that's guess. enough. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. Let's say that uh, you should take one egg per person plus one egg yolk. So if you are four people, you should have four eggs plus one egg yolk. Take the eggs, you take the pecorino cheese, which is a sheep cheese, okay? Can you substitute in parmigiano? Uh, It doesn't give the same taste. The, The pecorino is much more salty and strong, which is what we want to have in the carbonara. Okay. So you put the pecorino cheese and you take pepper, black pepper. Right. Okay. So you put your eggs in a in a in a bowl with the cheese and the pepper. You whisk it together. You whisk it together exactly. And then you have your pasta. So for pasta you should go with the spaghetti, of course, or bucatini. But spaghetti, like thick spaghetti, to me is the best. So as I understand properly, so you got the eggs you put in some pe- pecorino cheese in there you ground in some black pepper yeah which gives it its name right carbonara is does not mean black no uh, so carbonara is interesting because it comes from the people who invented this recipe traditionally i carbonari which were the people that in Rome were selling the um, coal there we go so you take the from the pot but in the frying pan in, in the where you pan. have the very hot and oily and yeah, fatty yeah um the guanciale or, yeah. or pancetta. Yeah. You mix it all together. And then you put the egg. Oh, okay. You, you turn you the, the fire off and you put the, the egg, egg and you mix it all, all together. Yeah. And then once you mix it, the good thing of the carbonara is that the egg will get a little bit cooked, but still very creamy. And so you don't need anything else. Then when it gets a bit creamy, you just put it on the, on the plates mm-hmm. and you just enjoy it. And... What do you drink with it? Usually, let's say uh, relaxing. Nice red, red wine. wine. Oh, you'd have nice red, red wine. wine. Yeah, yeah, nice red, red wine. wine. You know, the, the 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 cheese and the pepper. They call the red wine. Nice glass of red wine and some, you know, and some friends and chat. It's perfect. So lunches with Luciano, a new segment. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you, my friend. I have to friend. think about the next recipe for the next time. I, I want to know how to make a real bolognese sauce, yes. not a fake one with double meat. With oh. Uh, well, people have to tune back in for that one. Yeah, double, double meat. Double meat. Now, can yeah. I guess? Is it beef and pork? Exactly. Yeah, you see, a real one with double meat. See, I sit on the couch and watch TV and learn all these yeah, things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, nice yeah. of uh, a glass of red wine. There you go. Well, thank you. Grazie mille. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, John. So, as listeners, you know, uh, I'm a dedicated QPR fan, and I remember Adel Tarap being an absolute legend for us back in the day. And I've often wondered what happened to him. But this bunch of English lads can now tell me. Um, who wants to tell me what happened with? Uh, 
Adel Tiraps. Um, what's your name again, mate? Uh, Dom. Okay, Dom. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he came off the bench in the second half. He started to run the show. Uh, the streets will never forget him in England. Uh, all those nights at Loftus Road dominating uh, the championship and, and at Neil Warnock, wasn't it? Great team. Uh, he didn't have Helgerson up top. Oh, Seferovic was up front, the, uh, the Swiss oh, international. Yeah. Uh, now they linked up well and, and nearly won the game, but they, yeah, they missed it. I think the manager ended up saying he's never seen anything like it in his 30 years of coaching. So, uh, yeah. They... Okay, but what, and what we must say is where this all happened and what the game was. It was a, a very wet new camp. So uh, there, was, there was not a lot of shelter, as you may know, uh, and we were all like backing off right to the back of the stand to get underneath the shelter and whatnot and then for the last 10 we embraced the rain and uh, got stuck in with the ultras behind the goal and had a bit a bit of fun and Tarat was playing for Benfica yeah okay and now I was at Barcelona for a game I was for the at the Classico um, about four weeks back and I discovered one thing that I made the same mistake as all of you it's not the new camp absolutely camp now perfectly pronounced second half about to get underway uh, let's have a prediction from our English contingent here. It's uh, currently 2-1. What's it has going to win? I reckon it's going to end 3-1 Monaco. 4-3 Sociedad, I reckon. Oh. <laughs> Some big scores already here. 3-2 Sociedad, El Mago double, second half. Now that's a very confident prediction. <laughs> I said 2-1 at the start of the game, and I'm going to be boring and stick with it. No goals in the second half, I'm saying. No goals at all. OK, OK. Uh, I like a score draw, so I'm going to say realistically two all, but three all would be good, wouldn't it? Three all would be great. I always bet on three two myself as a QPR fan because we often go behind. It always gives me hope. It's time for the second half. So, John, the second half is underway. Listen, um, I've been talking to our English friends, Rob yes. and his mates, who were on a European tour, three games in three days. All right. And um, thanks to them, I now know what's happened to Adel Taraps, the uh, legendary QPR player, number 10, uh, who orchestrated our promotion from the championship under Neil Warnock to the Premier League. Brilliant player, absolutely brilliant player. Sort of slightly drifted into nothingness after us, as so often happens. Yeah. And guess who he's playing for now? I have no idea. Benfica. Oh, OK. And guess where he played last night? Mm. It's been featured on this podcast. I'll give you another clue. You weren't at this one. Um, Madrid. <laughs> we haven't been to Madrid yet. Uh, sorry, Barcelona. <laughs> well, you were playing... <laughs> yeah, true. OK, the now camp. You're right, yeah. Ad Alterab apparently came off the bench last night, ran the show. Uh, the media and uh, respective managers, the plaudits have been raining in. They've never seen anything like it. Had a blinder. Um, so, you know, Benfica versus Barcelona at the now camp. I'm very pleased for him. He was a great player. Very wayward. So... He stepped up in the world then, this QPR. Most QPR players are legends, I've heard. But why would this guy leave QPR and then improve? I don't, I don't get it. No, well, it's, it, that's, the, that's the curiosity about this. All oh, right. But um, anyway, so I've been talking to our English friends who... Um, so they're on a three-day... Three, three, three European games in three days. So they've, that's, that's the whole trip? I, I believe so. I think they've got to get to Nice tonight which right. is a challenge because there are no trains, as we know, so they'll have to jump in a cab. And then I think they're flying back tomorrow. Look at them. Played for the foul outside the box. It's my number 22 Real Sociedad player. 
Israel continue to press. I have a quick question for you. Israel Sociedad are on the attack. Should have hit it. He did hit it. He flashed that across the box. That was a great cutback. Whose team would Alex the Navigator's team be this week? Um, let's have a think about this. Probably um, Real Sociedad, wouldn't it? I would say so as well. Yeah. He likes the underdog. All right, Alex, I'm going to give you a quick... Oh, you give me your quick fact first. Um, okay. Which was the last Spanish side to face Monaco away from home in European football? Real Betis. Atletico Madrid. <laughs> you remember it now, don't you? They won 2-1, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. They won 2-1, yeah. Okay, give me a fact now. All right. Don't look at my notes. Which QPR player moved to Real Sociedad in 2014? And I wish, listeners, you could see Alex's face right now because he had no idea about this. Which QPR player moved to Real in 2014? Good grief. Uh, you've actually got me. Excellent. I'll give you his first name. Esteban. Hang on a minute. I know who you're talking about now. He played a handful of games for us. He was never really a proper QPR. 28 games, one goal. That's what I mean, a handful. He was um, Colombian, Uruguayan. I think he's actually from the region. His name's Esteban. Oh, no, I've no idea. I shouldn't say that. Um, Esteban, uh, you, you, I completely I remember him. I saw him play. Um, but uh... And that's when the backup, backup mics went out too. The player was Esteban Granero, who is Spanish for those who are interested. Fortunately for the listener, we lost all of my facts and links between Liverpool FC and Real Sociedad. John Toshak, Xavi Alonso, John Aldridge, the Anfield rap, Steve McMahon saying, they don't talk like we do, do de dola. The Spanish for toothpicks being palillos didentos, or something like that. All gone. Anyway, but we're not done yet. Alex, ever the professional, soldiered on. So, John, uh, you came up with some very good uh, Bon Motsons earlier on, all in Spanish. Yes. Uh, which is appropriate because we're watching Real Sociedad. I've got a really good Bon Motson for the uh, Real fans. Well, and it would be? Il n'y a pas mordom. They can console themselves with it. You see, when we walk up to them at the end of the game when they've lost, we say, Désolé, mes amis, uh, il n'y a pas, pas modum. It means, look, sorry lads, it's not that bad, no one died. Well, here at the uh, Louis Stade Second Stadium, it ends Monaco 2, Real Sociedad 1. What was your name again? Dom. Dom. Short Dom. Okay, and you were the... Derby. Derby. Derby? Oh, yes. Oh, one of my best mates in the world is a Nottingham Forest fan. So is he. I've travelled with one. It's horrible. I've had to uh, listen to them talk whilst we're on uh, one point in the championship, so it's been pretty brutal, but, you know, we'll, we, we might stay up the season, who knows? <laughs> so what do you think of the game? I mean, it was good. Uh, I mean, the Sochdown fans were very loud. They were good. I thought, first off, they were on, uh, on top to be fair. I think Monaco just picked them off. And then second half just got the job done, didn't they? I mean, didn't really threaten too much. I thought it was pretty straightforward in the end. But uh, I was surprised to see Monaco top of the group. And I guess this is, this is why they just uh, saw the game. 
Yeah, they were good tonight. They weren't very good earlier on this season. We saw them at home to Marseille here, and uh, Marseille wiped the floor with them. But anyway, Don, can you tell everybody on Footy on the Med, you've just done a three-day European football tour. Can you just give a summary of where you've been, what you've done? Yeah, it's over. Um, not a lot of sleep, but um, yeah, so we started off on Tuesday night. We came out to Spain. Uh, we wanted to do three European football matches in three days in three different countries. So we went to the new camp on Tuesday. And that's the now camp. Uh, uh, the camp now. Yeah, yeah. Now, there we go. The camp now, as the locals say. Um, on Tuesday night, their game against Benfica. Nil-nil uh, draw, Barca crashed out of the Champions League. Uh, then Wednesday night, last night, we were at uh, San Siro uh, as Inter beat Shakhtar 2-0, which was special. That's the best game so far. Uh, and then, yeah, here tonight, um, and it's been, it's been awesome. It's been uh, very different each ground we've been to, but uh, I think Inter last night was special. OK, and now you're, what, you're getting, getting out to Nice, you're flying back from Nice tomorrow? Yeah, we are flying back to Gatwick bright and early tomorrow morning. So, what yeah, time Flight. Our flight is at 7 a.m. Okay, um, and there are no tra trains running tonight from Monaco to Nice, are there? No, so we are going to frantically go out in the rain in Monte Carlo and look for a taxi. Yeah. But that's been awesome. Great way to round it up. All right, Tom, nice talking to you, mate. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye. So there it is, the weirdest episode we've done yet. We had equipment confiscated. I almost cuddled a copper. We had a bit of cooking. We lost some audio, we have some muffled audio, but we did get the chance meeting with a great bunch of lads. Join us next week when we travel to Marseille to watch them take on Brest, here on Footy on the Med.